0: This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. How much free will does any human being actually have? This is a question that I have spent a lot of time thinking about aren't we all to some degree pre-programmed? We are born into a certain family with a certain value system. We are born to a particular community in a particular era with a specific cultural norm. While we think that we are choosing freely how to behave and which moral values to subscribe to, wouldn't it be more accurate to say that we are molded and shaped by both our nature and our nurture? My sister-in-law once went to a store and before her own eyes, she saw a mother not only shoplifting from the store and carefully hiding items in her large purse, but she was actually instructing her young child in the craft of the trade, teaching him how to sneak merchandise away so that the authorities would not see. My sister-in-law and I sadly lamented the fact that this child did not have great hope for a problem-free future. In the gut-wrenching memoir, Breaking Night, the author, Liz Murray, who is the daughter of drug addicts, describes her upbringing as she goes from being homeless on the streets of New York City to eventually attending Harvard. She recalls the moment that she realized that she would no longer steal after a childhood of stealing to stay alive. She had planned on stealing snacks to eat with her friends, but for the first time, it occurred to her how hard the manager of the store worked. That was the moment that she realized that her actions actually impacted others. It occurred to her to pay for the food with the money she had in her backpack. She says, It was not that I never stole again, because truthfully I did, but that day was the beginning of my never stealing again, and it was the start of a long process of me understanding that I was not in fact an island unto myself. That moment was, for Liz, the shifting of her choices. A new choice, a choice of acting morally and legally, had now become available to her that was not available prior due to her compromised and difficult upbringing. This week in the Torah, we learn of Pharaoh's struggle through the first seven of the ten plagues. Through them all, we see a recurring theme. Pharaoh's heart is hardened each time, and he refuses to let the Jewish people go. And so, God brings the next plague, and the next plague, and the next, and each time, Pharaoh's heart is hardened again. And as soon as the plague is gone, he again digs in his heels and refuses to let the Jewish people go. But there is an interesting pattern that you will notice if you study the 10 plagues carefully. What you will notice is this In the beginning of the plagues, Pharaoh hardens his own heart. By the end, God hardens Pharaoh's heart until the dramatic end of the story with the splitting of the Red Sea and the Exodus. This seems kind of unfair. I mean, is Pharaoh God's pawn? How can God then punish Pharaoh for refusing to let his people go if God is the one hardening Pharaoh's heart? In other words, did Pharaoh truly have free will? There is an incredible essay about free will written by a scholar and rabbi from 100 years ago whose name was Rabbi Dessler. He describes a concept called the choice point. As it turns out, each person certainly and definitively has free will, but only among a narrow range of choices. Your range of choice will depend on all the things we mentioned previously How were you raised? What is your inborn nature? What are the cultural norms of your peer group and of your community? However, Rabbi Dessler explains that with each positive choice that we make, a new range of positive choices become opened for us that were not previously available. Conversely, with every negative choice that we make, it becomes easier to make more negative choices that we would not have been tempted by or considered previously. This is what he calls moving your choice point. The goal throughout our lifetime is to consistently, or at least overall, move our choice point forward towards more and more positive choices so that things that we wouldn't have dreamed we could do 10 years ago, we are now capable of doing. And the mistakes we made 10 years ago are now unthinkable to us. I see this dynamic playing out in my life with my consistent love-hate relationship with exercise. I don't love to exercise, but I do love having exercised emphasis on the past tense. When I'm in the groove of a good exercise habit, it's easier every day to keep making good choices to work out for my body and mind. Each time I ditch my yoga class or my jog, I know it'll be easier to ditch it tomorrow. A choice is not just a choice for the moment. It will domino your next choice and the next. Life is kind of like a video game. With every new level that you reach, certain things become possible that weren't possible previously. In a way, the lower levels are easier, but as you progress through ever more complicated levels, you realize how much you have grown in your game dating myself here, but remember how those Pac-Man monsters would literally decimate you? Yes, I was a Pac-Man champ back in the day. So back to our question, do humans really have free will? Yes, absolutely. There will always be a range of choices for you within whatever limited circumstances you find yourself. And each time you make that one positive choice, it gives you more and more opportunities for more positive choices. In fact, one of the books that I have read recently that has had the most profound impact on me is actually called The Choice. It is a book by Hungarian Holocaust survivor Dr. Edith Eva Eger, who is alive and kicking, literally, she is a former ballerina, now living in California. This is the most powerful book. I have ever read after the Torah. Dr. Edie, as she is affectionately called, asserts that no matter what a person has faced, and she has certainly faced the worst of humanity, she will always have a choice with what to do with that trauma. Dr. Viktor Frankl, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, is in many ways her mentor. He, too, taught how powerful the human mind is and how many choices we have, even when we feel like we have been robbed of all agency. What we need to do in light of all this is to ask ourselves, what choices are within my power right now? In a way, Pharaoh forfeited his free will by hardening his heart over and over again, With his own free will, he disassociated himself from his free will to the point where acknowledging that God was the boss became an unavailable choice for him, even to the point of self-destruction. No matter what is going on in our lives, and life can be brutal sometimes, we always have a range of choices, and each new choice will bring us a new range of choices. Moral choice is what makes us human. Let's proudly and hopefully exercise that incredible power every day, every moment, choice by choice. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, To Power Your Day With Purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.